Welcome back to another episode of Life with Lamb. Today I'm here with Reef Murfett. Reef is a goalkeeper for the Green Gully Soccer Club and he's moved from Tassie to Melbourne to pursue his dream of becoming a professional soccer player and he does PT on the side. I'm keen to unpack your story today. I think a lot of uh, kids grow up playing sports in Australia. It's very... It's a very sport-rich country, but a few of us sort of drop it off when it comes to the, I guess, VCE period or, or like the ATAR scores and everything. So I'm really, really keen to sort of uncover your story and how you've got to where you are. For the listeners, can you talk to us a bit about yourself and what you do? All right. So pretty much moved from Tasmania uh, to Melbourne at the start of 2023. So uh, I was 20 years old at that point, um, obviously trying to pursue my soccer dreams. So Signed with Green Gully uh, in the off-season and then moved, moved over here to Melbourne, started pre-season, stuff like that. Um, didn't have a job at that point, so I was just kind of hustling. was starting my uh, Cert 3 at that point, so yeah, just getting into that. 100%. Now, moving, I think um, when I think of moving and when I look at the demographic of Melbourne kids, a lot of us tend to stay at home and sort of attend, you know, the prestigious institutions of Melbourne Uni or Monash. And no one really is like too keen to venture out unless it's sort of for exchange because of university opportunities. What was the feeling like when, when you did move out and step out? Um, for me, like, obviously it was pretty tough at the start because I'm a big family man, love my family and having the support there, like your friends and stuff like that as well. So it was a bit of a challenge, but in Tasmania, like obviously the population is not as big, there's not as many opportunities. So uh, based on what I wanted to do, I really wanted to push that next level with obviously my soccer and then personal training as well. So yeah, the opportunity over here was massive. So I thought I'd, you know, take that step out um, and really explore the bigger opportunities. So... 100%. And I guess I introduced you as someone who had a dream um, playing soccer professionally. A lot of kids have that ideal goal. Sort of what was that like growing up? What were you like as a kid? Had you always enjoyed playing soccer? Yeah, so I started when I was five. Um, a lot of my family played soccer, uh, all my cousins and stuff, my brothers, my sister now plays as well. Um, so yeah, it kind of runs in the family, but just had a bit of fun when I was younger. And then eventually when I was probably 11 or 12, I started to get pretty serious about it started watching a lot of documentaries and stuff and motivational videos, things like that. So, yeah, I was always doing extra training and, like, out in the backyard just kicking the ball overnight and stuff, just trying to improve. And, yeah, I was never really, like, big on parties and stuff. I would just be too busy training and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, you know, it's it's good to have goals and ambitions. Like, I've always been pretty driven like that. So I understand what it takes to, you know, really go to that next level and – I've watched a lot of documentaries and stuff and people explain, you know, you've got to really put it in, otherwise you're not going to get what you want. So I kind of took a grasp on that from a young age and then, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How was the family in this whole instance? You know, like the kid, it's always great. Like their kid wants to pursue something greater um, in the sporting field. And I can imagine, you know, all the Saturday or Sunday drives down to the pitch to play and, and trainings as well. Like, can you talk to us a bit about the impact that they've had on you? Oh, it's been huge, man. Like, the support that my family had on me, like, throughout the whole, you know, journey of me uh, moving after I finished school was huge. Like, I used to play in the Tassie State team. Um, I lived in Launceston, and then the state team was based in Hobart. So, it was like a two-hour drive. So, you know, my dad would drive me down there on the weekends for training, things like that. Um, So, yeah, their support's been unreal throughout the whole time, constantly driving me to and from training, Mm. um, doing whatever they needed to help me. So, they've always been really encouraging, like... You know, if I had dreams and stuff, they said they'd support me, which I really appreciate because, you know, some parents will be like, oh, got to look at it realistically and stuff like that, which you do. But at the same time, you also 
you know, if you want to give it a good crack, which I did, so they respected that and helped me out. So yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny because I always hear about parents sitting down kids, um, you know, to talk about, you know, is this actually a realistic goal of yours to get into pro clubs and everything? Can you talk to us about the environment that you grew up in? where maybe friends were probably on the same pathway as you, but unfortunately dropped off? Yeah, I mean, at the start, obviously, you know, when you're in school and stuff, you have a bit of a kick around with your mates and stuff at lunch. And then I used to play with a lot of my mates at the same soccer club, uh, Northern Rangers, back down in Tasmania. So, you know, growing up through under-13s to under-18s with them um, was good, you know, bit of fun. But they just played for the enjoyment of it, never took it too seriously, like never really wanted to go any further. Um but yeah, I was training with a senior team from a young age. Like I was training with a, so we have an MPL down in Tasmania mm. as well, um, similar to Melbourne, but then the level's not quite as good. Um, but yeah, I was training with them since I was 14, just putting myself in, you know, a men's like senior level environment just so I could improve quicker and stuff. But um, yeah, that sort of stuff really helped push me just being in a more physical environment, you know, just doing as much training <laughs> as I could. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, brilliant. Good. I love the chat about environment. I feel like, since I've broken off from university, it's like finding people who are pursuing it a little bit differently. I think like sometimes we have this path that's forged out for us and there's a lot of pressure surrounding that. So yeah, being able to surround yourself in the senior team um, and have that more physical nature is incredible. What was it like sort of navigating friends who sort of played for the fun of it versus you who had this dream and this passion and desire to enter a professional league? Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously like, as I'm trying to go professional and push on a bit, like they'd be doing their own thing, school, whatever, if they're having parties on the weekend and stuff, like that's fine. Like I used to go to some parties and stuff like that, but not too many. I'd just be too busy. I didn't really care what anyone else thought. I just knew what I wanted to do and then I was just making sure that I was doing everything I could to kind of help myself achieve that. So, hmm. yeah, but in saying that, like still had really good friends and stuff throughout school and they were always really supportive. I had a couple of other mates, um, one in particular, Aaron. Um, he's now playing in Portugal. Um, similar goals to me the whole time. Really wanted to go professional and stuff. So, you know, I was really close with him throughout school and stuff like that. Still am now, one of my best mates. So, yeah, it was good to have someone that was kind of similar mindset um, as well because, you know, there's not that many people that are really pushing for that. So Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's, yeah, it takes a lot of strength and, and determination to continue pushing i think um in australia you know we can let loose a little bit um and the party scene is quite large i would Mm. say that for most of most of the other countries as well like as soon as you hit those sort of adolescent years parties become a thing you know girlfriends become a thing those sorts of things so um i know you spoke about being pretty headstrong um and dedicated to becoming professional but were there any instances where those things did impact like your life and growing up um not really there was a few but i wouldn't say too many i think um most of it was just like sometimes i find myself in a situation in a club where i wasn't the starting keeper or something like i'd always kind of be a bit of like the underdog or the younger keeper so i'd always be you know trying to push for a spot rather than always having the number one spot i'd always be like pushing pushing and like there'd be someone more talented above me stuff like that so yeah i mean i'd I never really got affected by parties that much and things like that, distractions, because I was it's too focused. Like, <laughs> I mean, I probably could have eased up a little bit and had a bit more fun, but yeah, that was just me. I just enjoyed the grind and yeah, That's just, it. I just fell in love with it and couldn't stop. So, 100%. Yeah. It's such like a privilege to find something that you're so drawn to as well. I think 
the more people that I speak to, the more um, that I hear about stories where they're like, oh, my parents wanted me to do this or, you know, my friends were doing it, so I just did it. Whereas you've sort of come to this realisation yourself, like you've fallen in love with it because, yeah, a documentary that you've enjoyed watching or, or you just enjoy moving your body and keeping active and everything. So, yeah, I, lo- I love that story so, so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like in terms of the soccer scene as well, I- I've heard a few things um, in Melbourne about like how it could be um, a bit like there's a bit of nepotism, a bit of um, bribery and stuff. Like, can you talk to us about the scene and, and what it encompasses? Like, how do you get these opportunities to further yourself? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you just got to put yourself out there. Like, you got to perform well, big games and stuff like that. Like for me, um, as soon as I moved out from school, I got an opportunity to trial with Central Coast Mariners um, and I signed on from there. So, you know, ever since then, my name's kind of been out there, you know, and I've got an opportunity to trial at different teams across the mainland. Oh, if we're from Tassie, we call it the mainland. <laughs> so you guys probably aren't familiar with that term, but if, yeah, if you're Tasmanian, Australia is not the mainland, so we're the, the big people, right? So, yeah, but um, obviously in Melbourne, the level's, the level's pretty good. It's pretty high um, up there, you know, Sydney and Melbourne, the, they're the top MPLs in Australia. So, you know, I got the opportunity to try with Green Gully and I gave it everything I had. And then, you know, once you're in, you just got to make sure you maintain a good standard and then, you know, your name kind of gets around the leagues and stuff like that. So you just got to make sure you keep putting in the work, keep consistent, like don't let your standards drop and then you should stay in amongst that standard. 100%. Uh, One thing that I've discovered sort of interviewing people like yourself who've done it a little bit differently or have pursued a pathway that they're truly in love with is the art of networking and the art of putting yourself out there. It's such... Like it's such a cliche. I feel like so many people speak so much about it, but the importance of it is incredible. You never know when someone's gonna tap you on the shoulder, um, or you know, hit you up and be like, "Hey, like, do you want to come down to this trial?" Or for myself, it's like, "Oh, I'd love for you to, you know, shoot some content for our store and stuff." So yeah, such an incredible incentive or insight as well. Um, talk to us about it. Like, were you sort of in charge of putting yourself out there? Were your parents a big hand in that as well? Um, I had this guy down in Tasmania. Um, he used to be a professional goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. His name's Alex Sizak. So he's played over in England, um, things like that. So he knew a lot of people around Australia, a lot of different coaches, things like that. Um, and as well as my old state coach, Anthony Alexander, he uh, helped me out a lot. He had a few contacts up in like uh, one in Mackay uh, in the Queensland NPL. So that was my first ever trial that I went to up in Mackay in the stinking hot with all the sugar canes and stuff up there and the crocodiles so yeah i went up there to start with um but yeah once you've got a few like people knowing your name like that alex sizak you know he helped me get me the trial at central coast um and then from there other coaches can sign it kind of see who the youth players are at certain teams and stuff and then they you know i've got highlight reels and things like that so Mm. all that stuff like for me social media has been a big thing like i've got an instagram page i've got two accounts like one account used to be solely just for soccer training and like gym stuff. Um, so I just used to put all my training sessions on that just so try and, you know, hopefully a coach sees it or hopefully a scout sees it and stuff like that. So, you know, which works. Like a lot of people used to say to me, you know, and they still do because it's kind of transitioned into my PT page now. But yeah, a lot of people used to say like it's good and you can see that you're putting in the hard work and stuff like that. So it kind of helped. You know, I just tried to give myself the best chance with certain things like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um the power of social media is just incredible. I mean, that's how we've connected. I mean, obviously through Eliza. Um, but yeah, I think if you can't find opportunities 
to put yourself out there or to get in and amongst the scene, start posting about it, start documenting about it. Like such an advocate for it when you, you know, record your training. It's something to look back on for yourself, but also for potential scouts and opportunities that might pop up in the future. So yeah, love that point. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's really important to like, you know, jot down your journey and like post stuff about it. And so, you know, other people can see, all right, this is where he is now. Like that's what he's done in the past to help him get there. So, you know, if I could, not that I'm like up here and, you know, like I've still got a lot to do and I still want to go a lot further. But, you know, for someone down in Tasmania or something like that, you know, they might be like, oh, I want to get to where he's gone. Then, you know, they can see what I've done. I've tried to put it out there as much as I can. So, What's something that's like pretty unspoken about when, you know, you're trying to make it into a big league or trying to get your name out there that not many people talk about that you found helps a lot? Um, For me, I think having, you know, a strong mentality is like such a big thing. Like just not giving up when, you know, she hits a fan or like stuff gets hard because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, as soon as it gets a bit uncomfortable or they're struggling a little bit, they'll just be like, oh, it's not for me. Like it's not worked out. But, you know, this journey for me has been up and down a lot. Like where you learn is when you're in the lows. Like that's where you get the experience that you need to make the highs better, you know, so you can actually have those highs. Because if you don't have the struggles, then you'll never like actually experience where you want to get to. So, you know, for me, like I've had like plenty of injuries and stuff like that. Well, not heaps, but when I was at Central Coast, like my first preseason game, you know, broke my thumb, stuff like that. When I was on trial there... Before I even signed, I broke my thumb in the warm-up. Then I played a full game after that. Like, you just have to have a strong mind to really, you know, push the boundaries and keep going. Like, there's plenty of points, you know, in all the aspects of life. Like, I'm sure you've had it with, you know, different areas of your life as well. Like, where you just think, oh, maybe it's not for me. But you'll never know, you know, until the door's completely shut. Like, you may as well just keep giving it a crack, so... Mm. Mm. growth happens outside uh, the comfort zone and when you're uncomfortable so 100% resonate with that and sort of you mentioned uh, the idea of you being like an underdog in some situations and I can imagine you know trialing for big clubs as well how do you manage the stress and what motivates you to sort of stay in the game um yeah well at the moment uh the club I'm at Green Gully um there's another senior keeper there called Liam Driscoll um he's one of my best mates now I actually train him in the gym as well so you know we get along really well but when I first signed for Green Gully, like obviously he's the number one and I'm the number two. You know, we've got that competition between us. Um, yeah, to be fair, he's been a top bloke. Like, you know, most goalkeepers at different teams, like sometimes there's tension and things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't really feel that with him. So it's just a good competition. It drives, you know, you drive one person, he drives you, just constantly really pushing each other. Um, so yeah, as, as kind of an underdog or if you're like a number two or, you know, you don't have the top spot in your sport or your job or whatever, you know, that should motivate you to just keep on going further and further. And if it doesn't, then, you know, <laughs> you're probably not in the right, you know, job or whatever. So, yeah, it's just about learning to um, keep pushing, you know, even when you think, like, you're not going to get that or whatever because, you know, there's plenty of other opportunities out there. Mm. And, you know, you always get your get your chance and yeah. you just got to take it. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that mentality as well. Have there been moments where you've considered, you know, like, why me? Like, why am I the number two sort of thing? Or has that never crossed your mind? Um yeah, to be honest, like since I've been young, like there's been a, a fair bit of that. Um, you know, I've always been the younger keeper coming into teams. Like I've always found myself being the younger keeper. Like I moved to an MPL team um, down in Tassie when I was like 16. And I was a few years younger than the, the number one keeper there. And he was really talented, like best keeper in the state, uh, things like that. And I was like, I'd always, you know, try to think that I'd, I'd push harder, work harder than him and stuff like that. 
but you know sometimes you get your chance but yeah it's just about keeping on pushing you know and you know hard work always beats talent when talent doesn't work hard the old the classic quote so i just try and keep you know stuff like that in the back of my head and remember why i'm doing it but you also gotta you know wind it back a notch and just think all right i'm doing it because i actually enjoy playing this sport and you love it and you know like whether you're playing or not you're still training every week and you get to turn up you get paid for what you do well when you get to a level that you get paid it's like you know, you're doing a sport and you get paid for it. It's pretty, pretty unreal. So, hundred mm, percent. I think, like, I asked the why me question because so many people um, that I come across do start to, you know, question themselves or question like the other person and and look outwards instead of looking within and being like, well, what am I missing? Like, what is this person that's beating me doing that I'm not doing, and and how can I be better in that aspect? So, I can imagine that would have been the case when you came into these teams as the younger underdog keeper. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, you like you got to look at, you know, you do have to look at external sources like what are they doing, you know, what can I do better? But yeah, at the end of the day, I was having a chat to my goalkeeper coach last night. It's like you really have to focus on yourself, you know, and think what can you do better? Can you push harder in certain areas? Are you, are you sleeping right? Are you eating right? Like there's so many different external factors that are still within yourself that, you know, you got to make sure you're doing it right to give yourself the best chance. So. Yeah, 100%. You you mentioned um, like in different clubs, there might be tensions between the goalkeepers and like the number one and the number two. Can totally imagine that because I guess in a full game, the keeper typically stays on unless they're injured. What's it like being a keeper? I can imagine, you know, like you're the one that's like meant to be stopping the goals and you probably cop the most flack when you do let in goals, but really it's like a team thing. But mm. I, can imagine, I, I feel like from a fan's perspective, everyone's like, oh, like the keeper's shit, um, doing all this stuff uh, wrong, blah, 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 blah. Like how do you let that in? How do you navigate uh, like the external noise and also the stress of being a keeper? Like the, the one... On the, on the end of the line yeah. to stop the balls going in. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like, there's a lot of pressure on you and stuff, but I think the biggest thing is to just try and enjoy yourself. Like, if you put too much pressure on yourself, like, oh, better not make a mistake today or, you know, you're trying too hard, that's when you just crumble. And, like, you know, up here, a few games last year, you get people behind your goals screaming out, like, they find out what your name is and they start screaming at you. You're like, you got to let the goals in. Like, you're no good and all this stuff. So, you know, it's just about getting into that zone where – you can just concentrate on your actions and you're just watching the ball. But like for me, staying, you know, involved in the game, communicating with my team really loud, you know, then I it blocks out a bit of the other noise. And then, yeah, you're constantly watching the ball, you're constantly switched on. So, yeah, stuff like that really helps me. But in terms of like thinking about the game and stuff before, like some people say, oh, you know, do you think about the game before you sleep and stuff? But, you know, I just don't. Mm. Like I care about it a lot, but I think I play best when I, I don't think about it. You know, like I get in the car and I go to my game and then once I get to my game, then I start preparing for the game. Yeah, what's like, the ritual like? Like what do you have a particular, particular um, what do they call it? I, I guess like ritual, but um, oh my God, what's that word? Like a pre-game kind of. Yeah, a superstition. There oh, we yeah. go. Yeah, like some people, I don't know, put their left left boot on before their right boot or, or something like that. You know, they tie their laces in a different way. They listen to a particular song, um, like what gets you in the groove or you just happy to just go on in yeah i mean to be honest usually as i just make sure i have a coffee before my game so <laughs> so switched on. but like yeah i don't know like sometimes a lot of the time we play on a friday night so you know i would have as a pt you know sometimes get up at 3 30 or whatever and then you gotta play at 8 or 9 p.m that night so like it's a big day so you know just making sure have a bit of caffeine and stuff like that but i don't really have any like superstitions and stuff i just 
make sure I get to the game, you know, walk on the pitch, have a look at the, the goal mouth, see if it's any good, you know, suss out if it's the ground sticky or whatever. But yeah, when I go out onto the pitch and go to my goal, I usually just make sure I touch the middle of the crossbar, jump up and touch the middle of the crossbar and then I go to the penalty spot, do a couple of jumps and mm. that's that's what I do every every game. So other but, than that, simple. Like simple just, as. Just give it a good crack. That's pretty much that's all that I'm worried about. So, yeah. 100%. I love that so much. Like you adopt this really almost stoic, I would say, like stoic mentality when it comes to playing. I think a lot of people rattle under the pressure uh, and they crumble a lot. Has there been a piece of advice that you've taken from like a coach or a mentor that has really stuck with you? Um, in terms of like holding yourself well, like against pressure and stuff, not not really. I mean, it's just for me, just make sure I just give it my best. I just say to myself before I go out, your attitude has to be good. Your work ethic has to be good. And, you know, you can have a crap game on the ball or you can make a mistake, but you know, as long as your attitude's in the right spot and you give it everything you got, then you've done what you can. Like, you know, some everyone makes mistakes. So I don't stress over, you know, if I'm going to make a mistake, I just make sure I give it my best. And then generally you play good. Mm. Like, you know, if you if you don't leave it up to, you know, putting pressure on yourself, then that's where it gets crap. If you start to put pressure on yourself too much, then... That's where you tend to make mistakes. So yeah, I feel like I've heard um, a lot of podcasts, particularly uh, particularly Dill and friends. Like he interviews a lot of um, AFL players, and and the one thing they talk about is like the mindset and the mentality behind it. And you hear like I don't know, like your David Goggins and, and people like <laughs> that who just talk about how it's all in the head and it's all a mental game. And I think a lot of players definitely yeah feel the pressure, but most of the time that's like pressure from themselves um, and they're yeah just like sort of in their own head sort of thing so yeah it's such an interesting uh, discussion i'd love to get like a sports psychologist on or something yeah yeah it's interesting i've like i've worked particularly when i was at uh, mariners i worked with a few people just like you know we get people in to like talk about you know mentality and stuff like that for games um back in a-league training we have like little kind of seminar things um with psychologists and stuff like that just to like you know, really give us the edge over other teams almost with, you know, the mental side of it because it's such a big part of like sport, business, everything, you know, like if you're not prepared mentally and you don't know, you know, what's going on in your head, you know, like physically you can be in great shape but if your head's in pieces then, you know, that's where a lot of people will struggle. So, mm, Absolutely. Now, Reef, you've moved from Tassie to Melbourne. Um, can you talk to us a bit about this journey and, and how you've navigated the move and, and what the transition's like? You know, you have... A coffee before uh, a game. I feel like that's very Melbourneian of you. So, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to us a bit about it. You know, like you've moved out at 20? Uh, I moved or, out at uh, 18, 18 as soon as I left school. Yeah. 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 I feel like gone are the days where kids are leaving their house at 18. I don't know everyone's circumstances, obviously, but I've lived pretty like central and a lot of kids aren't even considering buying a house as well. I feel like just... I guess the economy yeah, <laughs> and everything. True. Yeah, but inflation. Yeah, inflation, you know, Classic. all those words. But um, talk to us a bit about it. You know, like it's not an easy task. I think a lot of parents um, dial it back a little like, oh, yeah, just move out sort of thing. But yeah. what was that experience like for you? Um, for me, the first couple of years were definitely the hardest. Like that's where I learned the most, you know, moving at home. You know, your mum doesn't cook for you, do your washing, stuff like that. You don't have your family there to chat to whenever you want. Like... You can give a phone call and stuff, but it's just not the same. So, you know, like when I moved to the Central Coast, obviously I was 18, had no experience living away from home. So, you know, just getting used to like not seeing them 
every day or every week. Like I'd see him, you know, maybe every three, four, five months. And then especially when COVID happened and stuff, I was just mm. saying, you know, like it got to a point there I was locked in my room, you know, for a couple of months and like we, because I was at professional team, we were allowed to train. So I'd go there, train, get back and just play on PlayStation because I wasn't allowed at my house. So, you know, that gets a bit scary, but as you get more experience and stuff and you start to grow up and, you know, a bit of independence and things like that. So, yeah, this is like, what, my fourth year, going into my fourth year, yeah, pretty much living away from home. So now, you know, I had all those challenges so I can take all the stuff that I've learned into now, which I did last year and, you know, that was the best year of my life. So you, you soon learn what works and what doesn't work. But, you know, I just know that like family and friends are always there. And I've made lots of good connections up here in Melbourne, to be fair. It's a, it's a good place to live. So, yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What would you say the biggest takeaway for you has been? You know, like you don't see your parents and, and family members as well, but is there something that um, people don't really speak about when you move move out of home? Um, just making sure you've got a good people, you know, good people surrounding you. Like for me, like becoming good mates with a lot of my teammates, like, you know, I moved in. It's, to be fair, at the start of last year, I was living with random people all year. Like I literally searched up on Facebook, rooms for rent in Melbourne, you know, and I was just living with randoms all year. So now I'm living with a couple of my teammates, which is really good. So, you know, it, it gets easier as the years go on, you know, you start to get a bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You've got better mates and stuff like that. But yeah, like at the start of last year, it was like, you know, oh, what am I going to do today in my off season? You know, oh, go to the beach by myself, you know, do stuff by yourself. But you eventually build those connections and stuff um, and then, yeah, it gets a lot easier. So, Has anything in particular worked the best for you in terms of putting yourself out there? I think like the main inhibitor for people moving out is like, oh, fuck, like I'm not going to be able to make friends and those sorts of things. Mm. I remember um, one of my friends moved to the UK as well um, and not on her own volition. Like she didn't want to go, and but unfortunately she had to. And now she's like, posted it with like groups of friends and everything so eventually it makes its way out but i think when you're in it and you, you you're feeling alone and you're going to the beach by yourself it can be some of the worst days ever so what has worked for you yeah i mean yeah for me like just putting yourself out there like you know obviously i'm a pt now at the gym but you know when i first moved into melbourne i wasn't like i was still studying so you know just going up and chatting to people at the gym or whatever and you know going to watch sport like sometimes i go by myself but eventually you know you become mates with a few people then you can bring a few then they bring their mates stuff you know become mates with them but you know now that i'm a coach at crew like you know you see people every day and you become good mates with a lot of them and stuff like when did a crossfit competition with um like i think we had like 70 people from our gym after the season last year so you know you quickly become good mates with people but it's just about putting yourself out there like you know if you feel sorry for yourself and oh, i've got no mates and stuff then you know that's where you you have no mates so you just got to make the effort, yeah, mm. and then that's what that's what does it for you. So definitely, I think yeah, when you invest um, in putting energy out, I think it definitely comes back in in spades as well. Like you get so much back um, when you put yourself out in situations. Like I, I feel like sport and and going out and those sorts of things just bring people together. Particularly when you're moving your body and everything. Like you could go to a random, I don't know. Um, let's say Pilates class or something and then just like befriend someone that's like on the bed next to you or something or on the mat next to you. Like mm. just doing those social activities um, really brings, I guess, like connection and community as well. Yeah. Talk to us about this um, PT gig as well. Um, you know, obviously you had to find some way to make money um, other than playing professionally. Uh, what was that all like? Had PT always stuck out to you? 
Um, yeah, from a young age, like I had a lot of growing pains and stuff when I was young, like 12, 13. I grew really quickly. Australia. So, Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, I'm looking at the knees. Yeah. You can I see like, the big lump there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It was terrible, man. Like, oh, it's shit. Yeah. I had it on both knees and like I got to stages on crutches and things like that. Um, so yeah. On I just crutches. Fuck. Yeah. It was terrible. Oh, mate. Not a good time. Yeah. Did you have it as well? I, I did. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got the lump on my knee. It didn't get to the extent where it's crutches but yeah. i feel like i was playing basketball at a young age and went for a layup and then fell pretty heavily on it and oh my god that was like yeah it's horrid pain yeah and you just no like good. fear for your knees essentially but talk to us about it so you've had this growing pain and, and you've wanted to help people i guess yeah pretty much so that's where i found my love for the gym like mm-hmm. i started doing like rehab stuff with bands and things like that and physio just to kind of help get a bit stronger you know around my knees glutes and things like that to support it um and then eventually i started hitting the gym when I was like 15, 16. Classic. I feel yeah, like that's, like the that's teenage the sweet age spot. <laughs> get, the, get the big Jess and the abs and stuff like that. So yeah, but no, I found my love for it then and just been hitting it hard since then. Um, had a strengthening strengthening conditioning coach uh, back in Tassie. Um, his name was Sam Rosetto. So big shout out to him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he helps me a lot to be fair. Like, you know, I used to be really good at endurance, but like in terms of like anaerobic stuff, like sprinting and, you know, like for goalkeeping, even diving, I wasn't, very explosive and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I really worked hard on that, you know, so that became like a good trade of mine. Um, gym's helped a lot with that. So, you know, I just found a love for being in the gym. Yeah. Always love being in the gym and I love helping people. Like that's just how I am. So, you know, it kind of worked out good. I love being in the gym and helping people. So I was like, oh, well, I'll start doing my Cert 3 and 4 and tick that off last year. And then, yeah, I've been coaching at Crew since March, um, the group classes, which I absolutely love. Like, you know, we've got a good system there, good schedule plenty of people there which is good um and then i started one-on-ones i like face-to-face stuff in november so only a couple of months ago pretty fresh um, yeah pretty fresh but no enjoying it got a couple of younger kids and then got a couple of older guys and stuff got a couple and yeah so no it's going good that's going good, good man. would you say it's like tailored towards like the soccer aspect or are you happy to like keep it sort of separate and more like a functional strength and conditioning coach? Um, I do a bit of both. So I train athletes, but then I'm also happy to just take on general population clients that, you know, they just got their everyday like fat loss goals or strength goals. Um, but then, yeah, I really enjoy, you know, tailored programs towards athletes and things like that because that's, you know, my niche. That's where, you know, I've been dealing with that for a long time. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. I enjoy working with athletes and trying to help them improve their game and, you know, give them a bit of insight to how it helped me and, trying to help them get better at their game so yeah definitely man um how underrated is having a strength and conditioning coach when you're at a young age i feel like when i went to the gym like i'm so grateful for mom she's a pt and everything and got me at workshop gym and they had this program called young guns and they would teach us you know the foundations of how to move how to squat how to move your body in like a functional way how underrated is it Oh, it's so underrated, man. Like, you know, a lot of people just say like, oh, hamstring injuries, you know, quad injuries, whatever, or they feel like they can't move quick enough or, you know, they want to change direction or jump higher and stuff like that. So, you know, for me, like touch wood, but I never like get any muscular related injuries and things like that, you know, because I've got myself to a certain point where, you know, you're not saying it will never happen. Like it can happen whenever, but, you know, if you give yourself the best chance for it not to happen, like injury prevention, strength work, stuff like that, then you know, you give yourself a good shot. So, yeah, it really helps improve my game, to be honest. Like, mm. I've noticed a big difference from it, so... Definitely. Um, I think when you look at, 
so for me, it's like AFL jumps to mind straight away. I think like the first year players always take so long to develop. Like they're all very lanky, lean, and then their goal is like in the second and third year to put on size. And I feel like that's also preventable when you enroll and and get your kids in the gym and, and have strength and conditioning coaches because it's just like it's paramount to being able to be a functional player or even just being a functional person as well in everyday life. Yeah, it's super important, man. Like, I'm just glad that, you know, I got in the gym and, you know, had physios and stuff, you know, at an early age. So, it really helped push me forward with my game. Like, you know, I was doing all the soccer training, but, you know, most days in the morning, I'd be in the gym trying to, you know, help that side of things as well. Like, I used to be really light, like similar height to what I am now, but like 70 kilos and now up to like 92, 93. So, Big yeah, dogs. it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good playing weight. Like I feel good and stuff. I feel strong, mm. you know. So yeah, and I can still move well. Like run good, you know. Feel fit and stuff. So you just got to find that happy medium of you know. You don't want to be like you know big bodybuilder kind of thing. Well, depends. depends like, you yeah. can be. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know, but if you're playing sport, like you know, for soccer, for example. You know, most people don't want to be a bodybuilder if they're playing soccer. Like an Akron Fenwell or something. Yeah, just like running yeah the literally pitch. <laughs> just like 140 kilos, just muscle target man kind of vibes, Akron Fenwell. But... Literally, just sit in the center and just bully kids yeah. off the ball. Yeah, just sit <laughs> Yeah, like, literally. Knock him over. Um, what's a day in the life like for you? So, like, if we look at... Actually, no, let's go week in the life because I feel like there'd be lots of training, um, physio appointments, maybe even sports psychologists. But talk to us a bit about the life of, uh, like, a... Pr- professional can we say professional soccer player it's like semi-professional semi-pro yeah 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 Yeah. talk to us about the week of week in the life of a semi-pro all right so week in the life all right so usually um i got classes and like my own pts throughout the mornings so the classes will go from five through to about 10 30 um so i've got those a few days a week and then i also have my own clients in and around that so i usually finish up work 10 30 11 o'clock um after that I usually have a few hours just to chill out, do some admin stuff on my computer. You know, like if I have any, you know, social media posts I want to design and stuff or content I need to film, that's when I get a good chance to do that, uh, like mid-afternoon. And yeah, have a few meetings and stuff throughout the week with my boss, things like that, see how things are going, try and track stuff, you know, see what I can do differently. Um, And then we usually train three nights a week. Uh, So usually it's like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday night for soccer training. Um, So yeah get tuesday and friday night off like it depends when our game is like for example this week you know we're playing tuesday and saturday so we trained monday night like last night um we're training thursday so we get a bit of a you know day off after the game and then a day off before the next game so yeah we usually play one game a week in season um and then i use my sundays just recovery yeah what's your what's your go-to recovery i feel like people are hitting the saunas or hitting the ice baths what's your go-to Oh, go-to for me is uh, I go three rounds sauna and ice bath. So I usually do about 15 minutes in a sauna and then I go about three minutes in an ice bath yeah. and then I just do three rounds of that and then yeah. usually feel pretty prime after that. And I like to do it like Sunday evening, like five or six o'clock, just so I feel, you know, the sauna obviously takes it out of you a bit so you feel sleepy. So sleep good Sunday night and then wake up ready for a good week. for like a young aspiring athlete or maybe just someone who wants to like pursue what they want to do do you have any advice for for someone who's you know like stuck stuck on something that they want to do but want to pursue it um just make sure you're doing extras like think about you know what parts of your game are lacking compared to others maybe in your certain position um things like that like obviously you want to work 
like if you're a fullback in soccer, you don't want to work on, you know, you don't necessarily need to work on your shooting that much. You might work on your passing or, you know, stuff like that or like work on defending with your brother or something. So it's just working on specific things that are going to help you, you know, as a player or an athlete, whatever your sport is. Um, and then obviously getting in the gym, making sure you're sleeping well is a big one. I know like for me, my job sometimes is a bit hard. Like tonight, for example, I probably won't get home from my game till 11 and then I've got to get up at 3.30 for PT. So, Holy you know, shit. it's hard to get eight hours sometimes, yeah, but, yeah. you know, you just got to make do. But yeah, eating's a big thing, like eating right. Uh, make sure you're getting, you know, good fuel sourcing, getting good carbs, fats and proteins. You know, if you don't understand too much about nutrition then trying to you know learn a bit more about that even just if you're a kid just talk to your your parents make sure you're getting fed good and you know have your fast food here and there but you know try and keep it mostly whole foods stuff like that yeah what's your favorite um like meal oh like what takeaway or something oh or just in general just in general like like what does a meal look like in terms of like are you just breakfast lunch dinner or are you like breakfast snack lunch snack dinner Um, at the moment so I'm sitting on about 3,700 calories, which is like far maintenance. Out. 3,700 <laughs> calories. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah far out. Yeah, I so, guess you're just so active as well. Yeah, I burn a lot of calories through the day. So it's kind of, you know, I need a lot of carbs particularly mm. just to give me good energy um, and then proteins to, you know, help me recover from the gym, soccer, things like that. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I usually eat my breakfast around in between the classes in the morning, like, you know, about six o'clock, seven o'clock, um, have overnight oats. And then I usually have... Second meal at about 10 or 11, which this week is uh, pesto pasta with chicken. Oy, love yeah. it. That's a good meal. Yeah, it's solid. That. You yeah. can't complain. You can't go wrong. Literally. Um, yeah, and then I usually have like a bit of beef mince, like rice and veggies at like 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And then I have another... I usually have two chicken meals a day, so I'm having another chicken pesto for dinner. <laughs> but, you know, like the thing with meal plans is like sometimes it gets boring or like... It doesn't always have to be, but just eating good whole foods and stuff. Like I'll have a few snacks throughout the day. Like I've got a Carmen's like protein bar, a banana. Like sometimes I have a smoothie. Um, I also have a bowl of cereal. Mm. I usually allow myself like 100 grams of cereal, like Milo cereal or Nutrien or something. Good carbs. Yeah. Rate it. I usually have it for dessert after dinner. <laughs> That's it. Decent. Are you on the Yopo at all? Um, yeah, sometimes I have it in my oats in the morning. Yeah, yeah, right. It. Um, so for the gen pop or, or people that are struggling with like balancing everything, like you seem so busy and, and switched on, like what keeps you motivated and, and what are you thinking when you're super tired? You know, like after tonight, you're going to be wrecked, but then have to wake up at 3.30. Like what's going through your head? Um, I mean, for me, it's just about like being dedicated to what you want to do. Like, you know, if you have a goal, you know, have your reset over the weekend, but, you know, in the week, you really got to work for it and then, you know, relax on the weekend, do whatever you want. But for me, like, obviously, it is my job to get up early, so I've got no choice. Like, and I, I like getting up early, like, it doesn't bother me. So, you know, and it's, I think it's good to be finished work by, you know, midday or something like that. And then you got a few hours to just like chill out. If I really am like cooked, then I can have a bit of a nap in the afternoon if I want. But, if it is not like your job, like say you're doing a nine to five and, you know, you think, oh, I might go to the gym after work. Like even if you're not a morning person, like a lot of people throw the, I'm not a morning person card at you straight away. But like, you know, I could say I'm not a morning person because I like sleeping in. But, you know, if you want to achieve your goals, you got to get uncomfortable. So, you know, sometimes going to the gym, like if you start at nine, you can go at six or seven and you're fine. You've got plenty of time and then you can chill out at night or do whatever else you need to do. So I think for me, getting like, 
your gym or you know your little goals that you want to achieve out of the way in the morning when you first wake up you got you know you got the most energy and stuff like that mm. or have a cold shower and then go do it and then, you know you're wide awake so how good's that. a cold shower oh so good man <laughs> right you know it's yeah. uncomfortable sometimes yeah but sometimes you never want to do it but you know yeah it so wakes you up you speak a lot about goal setting and, and setting like the right goals in so that you can check it off. Have you got any systems in place where you're like, okay, like this is like my to-do list or have you got like, you know, some people uh, have like a a board up and they've got like their, oh my God, I've lost the word. Like a vision board. Vision board, yeah. Yeah. So like, do you have anything like that? Like any rituals in place or are you sort of just driven towards the fact that you want to go pro? Um, Basically, like obviously with soccer, it's just about pushing as hard as I can every week, training, games, just every opportunity I get going as hard as I can. Um, in terms of PT, uh, we've got a bit of a tracking system um, to keep myself accountable. So like, am I calling people like potential leads and stuff? How many am I converting? Stuff like that. And then I have like end goals, you know, how much money I need to make per week, blah, 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 to achieve that. How much am I need to save? Like, So yeah, I kind of break it all down. So I understand, okay, this is what it takes to get that goal in this amount of years. So yeah, I've been working on that a lot with my boss, um, Steve. So yeah, he's been really good. Definitely. What sort of worked for you? I love asking people about this, like the systems that they have. Are you like on an Excel spreadsheet? Are you on Notion? Like what sort of software are you using? And and I guess like it looks like the breakdown, um, but what's worked for you? Um, at the moment, um, my boss and I, were on like Excel spreadsheets, like he's worked out good formulas and stuff to make it all work, like track on that and the numbers all like you type in a few things and it like goes into a calculator and it just like looks good, looks tidy. Love an um, Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> but so yeah, good. And yeah. I, I track all my finances and stuff on there as well. Like he's uh, sorted me out like a finance tracker. So even before like I went out and started PT, you know, every week, Sunday, sit down, do my finances, like expenses into certain categories, you know, income, stuff like that. So you can see the differences each month. Um, I think that's really important. Like a lot of people don't know where their money goes or they're like, oh, I can't afford, you know, PT or I can't afford to go, you know, have dinner or whatever. But they don't actually look, okay, this is where my money goes in the week. You know, like you can easily chip down certain things so you can afford stuff that you want to do. Like you might want a boxing coach or whatever it may be. Like, you know, if you really sit down and break down the finances a bit, then quite easily you can, you know, save a few extra hundred dollars a week or whatever. But yeah 100% man there's like a plethora of content on YouTube or, or in your case which so lucky like you've got someone to sit you down and, and almost be like a financial advisor for you but I think um, yeah that's like one of the, the big goals for me this year is to like get on top of finances and, and just know like where money is going like is it going to like two sushi rolls after work or something and that's like six maybe eight dollars and that's like eight dollars a week that's like going down towards like sushi or something when i could be meal prepping and saving money in that way or yeah just like tracking where your money actually goes i think like we're not taught that as well so um Mm. having someone in your corner to be able to track that is incredible yeah it's been really good having like you know steve's been my mentor all through last year before you know i work with him now um in business like um, as a pt but you know before then he was helping me finish my certificates um but yeah, if you don't have a mentor, um, definitely, you know, if you really want to achieve stuff or, you know, learn stuff about life, you know, earning money, where to put it and stuff like that. Like, you know, even investing like shares and stuff like that. Just having someone who's a bit older than you, like it's good, you know, they've been through certain things and they can teach you like, you know, here's where I made mistakes. So, you know, if I were you, I'd do this. So you don't make those mistakes, stuff like that. Like even like your parents and stuff like that, like 
a lot of kids go, oh, I don't want to listen to my parents. You know, like it's a classic, oh, whatever they say and just go and do your own thing. But, you know, I, I tried to take on majority of the stuff that my parents said to me and, you know, respect them, you know, because, <laughs> you know, it works. So, <laughs> fair play. <laughs> so, you're in the position that yeah. you are in um, today because of them. Um, yeah, incredible. I feel like hanging out with people that are older than you who've lived through a lot of shit um, helps you learn to not <laughs> make the same mistakes that they've done, like cheeky life hack that, out there for, for anyone. Um, yeah, literally, like what's what's a key takeaway that you would say for people who like want to get on top of their finances but aren't too sure how to? Um, for me, like I find myself, you know, coffees. Yeah. Coffees and sweetie kills me yeah. usually. So... Yeah, just making sure you sit down, you know, on a Sunday, whether you know have you have a partner or a family or whatever, you know, see what you could be, you know, wasting money on and then say, All right, I wanna make it my goal to save an extra fifty bucks or a hundred bucks here by, you know, taking out that, you know, acai bowl or taking out, you know, the Guzman or whatever or Maybe if you've been a bit lazy with meal prep even, like, you know, getting on top of that, save your money because you don't have to buy takeaway, you know, because you don't have anything prepared. You know, it's just stuff like that. It's just, it's simple things, you know. Sometimes it can be annoying. You can't be asked doing meal prep and stuff. But to be honest, that's the main one. Like, food's obviously expensive these <laughs> yeah. days. So, you know, it's nothing for me to spend 200 bucks on meals, like just meal prep in a week. But, yeah. Absolutely. I think like you look at the grocery bill after you might have done a meal prep and you're like, fuck, that's a lot of money. But think of it as like spread out across the week or like per meal as well. Like how many meals does this batch make me? And then I guess that that works a little bit better. Um, Mate, so Eliza's obviously put us in touch. What's it like navigating a relationship and um, playing semi-pro? Yeah, it's good. Obviously, like it's only fresh. Um, But yeah, she's been really supportive of me, which is good. Got a great family and stuff like that. So they're all into their sports. Um, Bruce, her dad, actually came to watch me um, <laughs> play the other day like while she was at work. So it's good to have him there supporting. But yeah, Eliza's coming to all my games and stuff, which is good. So, so cute. It's nice to have someone there that, you know, supports you and stuff through the good times and, you know, the bad times and whatnot. So yeah, it's good. And she plays footy herself. So I'll be going to watch her play footy and <laughs> screaming at her when she doesn't tackle them hard enough and stuff <laughs> yeah it, she'll right? go pretty hard i'm sure she i watched her play futsal the other week and the way she was kicking some of the blokes i was like yeah she'll have no problem tackling people so oh, i love it that's so good yeah because i think um like when you surround yourself with people whether that's a partner or friends as well like when they're sort of on this on the right direction or on the right track that you are also on it makes it like very easy to sort of blend the lives together in a way so yeah so incredible um Mate, what's next for you? You know, like you're you're talking a bit about like going pro as well, like and you say that you're going in to uh, like try your hardest and everything. How does that all work? Like, you, you know, you're trying your hardest every day, but is there like a date in mind or a goal in mind where you might like get promoted into a team or move over into a different team? Like, what's that looking like? Um, for me, like obviously as a goalkeeper, um, and I'm 21, we tend to have a bit more time. Like goalkeepers, obviously, you're not doing as much running as outfield players it's not quite as taxing on the body so a lot of goalkeepers can last you know if they want to up 40 years old you know close to so what's his name Buffon yeah yeah he's so old isn't he yeah I think he's like I don't know mid 40s or something Far right. but is he like, still playing no he's not still playing is he I think he retired I think <laughs> okay. I'm not oh, man like you know like potentially I've got another 20 years like I haven't even been playing for 20 years That's so incredible. if you think about that like I'm just kind of taking it one year at a time and Again, on the giving it your best, like just giving it a good crack, 
And then, you know, if I if I get really sick of it, then I might take it back a notch and, you know, just play for a bit of fun. But I'm someone who like struggles to, like I play for fun, but that is in a high level environment that pushes me because I like pushing myself, mm. you know. Same with like, you know, I went to Tassie for Christmas and stuff and I just go like, I did a half marathon over like a hiking track because I just like pushing my limits and stuff and just like, you know, seeing what I can do because, you know, once you start to push your limits and you get in the gym and you do running and you keep ticking goals and you get better and fitter and it's amazing to see what your body can achieve, man. Like, you know, I'm happy with where I'm at. Like this, you know, obviously a lot of room for improvement, but everyone should have that mindset. Otherwise, you know, if you don't, then, you know, you can't get content with yourself. So Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. I think because we're in such a high pressure environment and whether that's like social media as a contributor or just like how the world is right now, there's just so many things to do. It's like once you graduate high school, you got to go to uni and then once you've got the degree, you got to go work and then you got to buy a house and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and there's just so many things to juggle as well. I, I love, I'm sort of like extrapolating from your career as a goalkeeper. It's like you're young, you're developing. So take that time to develop as well. Um, don't feel the need to like rush straight into it because you never know, like an injury could happen or, or so, like touch wood, nothing happens, but it's so incredible to hear that mindset as well. And I think we need to adopt that more into like our everyday lives as well. Like, you know, we're all going to die one day. There's no doubt about it, but you know, trying to make the life as long and as prosperous as possible is probably like the best thing to go, the best way to go about it. Like I don't see the point in sort of rushing life and, and jumping straight into, you know, like your big boy job and stuff. Like obviously you have to put money on the table and everything, but I think life is just so fast paced at the moment and it's just good to slow down and, and take the foot off the pedal a little bit, but obviously have that long-term goal in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, like, you know, in terms of long-term goals, like I love to buy an investment property by the time 25, like at the moment, that's a goal I'm trying to work towards. So, you know, having something like that in mind is good, but yeah, it's just like with my soccer and my PT, like obviously I need to start a PT, you know, out doing face-to-face stuff. Like the classes really good and stuff like that um but you know you turn up and then the clients book into the classes whereas you know for me face-to-face clients it's like all right you know if i don't get clients then i'll make no money so it's like you know taking it one step at a time trying to talk to people you know hopefully i can really build that up over the next few years and get fully booked out and stuff like that and then kind of transition to a bit of online stuff like that's where i love to work towards but yeah at the moment just got to hustle you know head down ass up kind of kind of vibes so that's it man mm. um so i was watching this video on youtube by james smith do you know the yeah, do you know yeah, him? yeah yeah james funny smith. as fuck he's so funny yeah he's great he's so funny anyway he was saying how uh he moved from the uk to sydney australia and and sydney's bloody expensive man like it yeah i don't I was, know if you've been yeah i don't know if you've been but fuck oh yeah just, i was there on the weekend oh the yeah. prices are just uh, anyway won't go down that rabbit hole but he was saying like melbourne or not melbourne australia is like one of the best places to live in terms of you can have your pt job or you can work at a cafe and earn your rate or earn enough that you know covers rent um and then go off and live your life and do something that you love and i just like love that like simple life essentially like and it's almost the life that you're emulating like you're obviously working towards your professional um, soccer career as well but you've got something that's sustainable and I think we need to sort of dial it back a little and, and understand that that is okay like it's okay to have 
a job that's not like corporate or earning you six figures or, or yeah. five figures as soon as you graduate university. Yeah, exactly, man. Like obviously starting out, like essentially starting your own business, like trying to get, you know, my own clients and stuff like that. Um, obviously like Steve, um, he'll try and help me get clients and he's doing everything he can. Um, but yeah, starting off like at the moment, like, you know, it'll be the lowest income I'll have because obviously I only get more clients, stuff like that. Um, I've got that money there, you know, every week from soccer, which is really good. Um, so that's, you know, an added bonus of playing at a high level, but just trying to graft and get more clients. But um, yeah, obviously it's good. Like, you know, I feel like I'm not even working that much because I, I love what I do. So, you know, being at the gym all morning, you know, seeing people that I enjoy hanging out with and teaching them how to become fit and improve themselves, you know, it's great, man. Like, that's it, mate. It's like you do something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, it literally feels like I'm not working. So, you know, it's good. It's, I love it, man. It's yeah, good. it's such a blessed life. And, and I think we can we can absolutely live that life and, and be happy doing it as well. So, yeah. Incredible, mate. Is there anything you want to leave on, you know, like for maybe aspiring athletes or, or even like some life advice as well? Like this podcast is all about career and I think yeah. you've sort of fleshed it out um, quite nicely. Like talked about the professional career and sort of having that dream and working towards it and yeah. blocking out the noise and I really appreciate your time for it but is there something you'd like to leave on? Um, I think I, I touched on it before but just um, you know having the strength to just like not give up when you know things get hard like that's a big thing that you know especially you know as the years go on like parents aren't really teaching their kids that as much like I'm thankful that my parents have you know drilled that into me that like you know, just because things get hard, it doesn't mean that it's not the right thing. It might just mean that you're learning a lot of stuff to help you, you know, get to that position, you know, in your job or whatever you want to do. Because if you don't learn that stuff, then you literally wouldn't have the tools to make it, you know. So, yeah, just literally don't give up and, you know, what you want to do. Love it. Just keep giving it a crack. And then if it eventually doesn't work out, then try something else. But that will help you do that thing that you, you know, something else. So, mm. Love it. And, and... I guess those failures or, or those downfalls, like you'll absolutely learn so much from that. Actually, haven't even asked. Have you had times where you've been told no? And um, like, what was that hardship like? Um, yeah, yeah, I have. So basically, when I was at Mariners, um, we went to like lockdown and things like that. And then that was at the end of the A-League season. Um, I got called back for A-League pre-season, was doing that for a couple of months. And then at like, got real bad, the lockdown, stuff like that. Um, they pretty much said, um, you're not quite good enough to, like, to be the number two like with the A-League squad. Um, and what, well, I was 19? Yeah, I was 19 at that point. So they said, you know, we'd like you to go out and get some more senior games under your belt, you know, at an NPL team, stuff like that. And then, you know, stay in touch with you and things like that. So essentially, yeah, I got let go from there. So, yeah, from then on, I, I went back to Tassie, like, I was absolutely missioning it back to Tassie at that point as well. Like G two G pass and all this stuff and Oh my got, god, wait that got actually told, just triggers oh, oh my god. Man. What? So I got told like you've got to have a G two G pass, stuff like that. Um and then they wouldn't let me back into Tassie for ages and then, you know, I was stuck on the central coast without a soccer team, you know, just like what am I gonna do? And then I had a police officer from uh Hobart and Tassie. They called me up and they were like, Oh, we've got a room for rent, not room for quarantine it was not rent it was yeah quarantine. right oh because you have to do uh, yeah the one week yeah um, yeah okay yeah, yeah it was um hotel quarantine down in launceston uh where i was from for two weeks mm. so yeah once they called me and said we got one room there oh, i was so happy man like 
I had to go and do the quarantine for the two weeks. But after I'd done that, then got out, saw my family and stuff, and I was free for a bit. And then literally, I think I was in Tassie after I came out of quarantine, two days maybe, and then I flew to the Gold Coast and played for Gold Coast Knights. <laughs> I was so happy to be back. And then two days later, I signed for Gold Coast Knights. <laughs> <laughs> and went straight to Cairns for the Australia Cup game or something. So, what were yeah. you thinking when when they told you no? Like it, it can be one of the worst things ever. Um, and I guess was that like the first time in your life that you've been told no for like a soccer opportunity? Um, just trying to think back. Yeah, it pretty much was like you know I went on a trial at Mackay before Mariners and I got offered a contract there. And then the week later, I went to Mariners and trialed and I got offered that contract. So I signed there because that was a professional team. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of a, 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 you know, a bit of a kick in the stomach. But, you know, then, you know, got a reset after that and went play for Gold Coast Knights for a bit. Um, and then after that, signed back down in Tassie just for, you know, one season with a team called Glenorchy Knights in the NPL. Um, they just won the league the year before I got there. So went down, had a crack with them. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too bad of a year. I mean, I had some problems and stuff like personal problems that year. So, you know, just mentally, it was a pretty hard year for me. Um, but then, yeah, in off-season, Green Gully had been contacting me and stuff and wanted me to come for a trial. So, you know, went for a trial there and then I said I'll give it a good crack and they offered me a spot there and then moved to Melbourne in, yeah, in Jan 2023. Brilliant, man. And uh, kicked on from there. Yeah, so it sounds like... Well, you from this whole podcast, it sounds like you're such a resilient person and have that long-term picture in mind. Would you say it was built off the back of being told no and also having like that dream when you were a kid? Yeah, I think, you know, just having that dream, but also just having my parents there to guide me, you know, like having parents or, you know, family or friends, you know, that surround you, that can support you and stuff like just again, not giving up. And even like, you know, I've had that many talks to my parents where I've been like, I'll oh, stuff this. Like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I don't want to, I'm sick of it. Like, I'll just go and get a, you know, brick lane or be a tradie or something. And then, you know, they said, oh, you've already, you've come this far. Like, you know, let it play out, give it a crack and see how it goes. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, in terms of hardship, just had a few injuries and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, you know, sometimes you might not play well, you might get dropped and it's just like, you think, oh, well, what's the point? Like, you know, if you're not playing, then yeah. But then you just got to have a good attitude, like, you know, which I figured I learned a lot from the last few years. And then when I came into Green Gully, like I could take those experiences into Green Gully and had, you know, a really good year with them. So yeah, got along really well with the coaches and all the group and stuff and was supportive of Liam, the other keeper when he was playing and he was supportive of me when I was playing. And yeah, it was really good, man. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, so good. I think, yeah, the idea of resilience is is pretty widely spoken about, but like when it comes from a source, like you've been through it and you've lived through it and like it's incredible to hear sort of the way that you've adopted um, certain attitudes and stuff. Like can you define a good attitude? Like what, what does that ultimately look like for you? Like you sound so supportive of another keeper that might be taking your spot or um, like being told no and just still persisting as well and listening to your parents. Like what is a good attitude in your eyes? Um, For me, like a big thing is just like turning up on time. Like when someone asks you to do something, like make sure you get it done. You know, if you can't get it done for whatever reason, like communicate with them, like communicating huge thing. Like, you know, whether you're working or whatever or it's your partner or anything like just making sure you have open like communication to them like if something's not working out or 
you don't understand this role of your job, like, you know, don't leave it to chance and you might do it wrong. Like, talk to your boss, say, all right, I don't really understand this. Could you please explain it again? Stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, just giving it everything you got. Just keeping a high standard for yourself. Like, don't let your standards drop, you know. Like, if people expect certain things of you, then even if you're tired, you know, have have a good crack. Like, give it a good go and then, you know, you can rest when you get home. So Definitely, man. Yeah. Just yeah. make sure you keep yourself accountable as well. Like, yeah, big thing, just turning up on time and doing what you need to do when you're there. That's it. I think like a big thing that stands out to me is like when you are tired, when you run down, when you feel that um, things aren't going your way or you've been told no, like the small actions that you do, like that's when it counts. Um, that's when it matters. And, and that's probably like when it builds you the most. Like you can be doing everything at, a, at an elite level when everything's all, all sunshine and rainbows. But as soon as shit hits the fan, like you don't know how to um, sort of uh, cope with what's happening. So when things are down and you do continue to show up and um, live up to expectations or um, just, sit, yeah, just getting the work done, like that's when it matters. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing with all aspects in life. Like, you know, when stuff gets hard or, you know, when you're not feeling it and you think you're going to give up and things like that, that's that's when it really counts. Like, you know, when I'm coaching and even like this is just an example, but if people are finding the workout really hard or they're like really struggling, I'm like, now, now I tell them, all right, this is where it counts. Like, this is where it makes a difference. Like, now you got to keep going. Now you got to work harder. You got to push your limits. Like, same thing in your job, stuff like that. You know, it's easy to, you know, ride the highs. And, you know, when it's easy, you know, anyone can do that. You don't have to be anything special to do that. But when it gets crap, you know, when it's hard, and that's when you got to keep going. That's when, you know, you can't give in. Otherwise, that's, you know, that's what weak people do so <laughs> like pretty much yeah, hey pretty much no, that's, that's it that's, that's stand by it, it straight so <laughs> yeah literally yeah. no i love it so much reef it's been incredible chatting i'm very appreciative of your time um i think like there's so much to to dissect and, and learn from your story as well like whether you have a dream like like yourself like growing up really young or you don't i think the attitude that you hold when you do grow up and, and eventually find your way into something that you love doing or something that sort of puts money on the table, like having that good attitude is so incredible and such a staple to being a good person, I think, like just having a good life as well. Um, thank you so much for sharing your insight as well. Um, I guess like where can people find you and how can people support you? Yeah, no, it's been really good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Been good to meet you and stuff as well. So uh, yeah, um, in terms of like, where to find me uh, i got a few Instagram pages um, but my personal training one you know where I share all that sort of stuff um, it's r.murfittpt um, and then the business I work for um, we got MMP like Mind Muscle Physiques so it's MMP Coaching and then yeah the gym I work out of obviously Crew Fitness and Performance so which yeah. suburbs are that in? Um, they've got three locations so they got one in Braybrook uh, one in Hoppers Crossing and then one in Craigieburn Ooh, the west side. Yeah, the west side. Yeah, yeah you love know, it. the deep burbs area. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, and where, so boys. where can they find you? Just like... Um, just... I usually work out of Hopper's Crossing mostly. Brilliant. Um, a bit out of Braybrook. So yeah, that's that's where I'll be. Incredible, yeah. mate. I'm keen to follow your journey and see where life takes you and I'll be rooting for you every step of the way. Um, yeah, really appreciate the chat. Be sure to follow at Life With Them Podcast and we'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>